Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper, you are Live from the Path. You're listening to Live from the Path, baby. What do you mean, maybe? You could be. You definitely are. If they weren't listening, they wouldn't know I just said that. True. Good point. It's just something to think about. It does imply they're listening. Yeah, no doubt. This type of compound thought I'm not used to, you know? <laughs> hey, man, it should be a, should be a real winning of a show here. Uh, first of all, it's good to be back. Uh, I don't know what to do with myself when, I'm, when I take a week off the show. Uh, here's what happened, right? So we, me and the family were in Branson, and... Uh, uh, we head down there, and there's no, uh, <laughs> shut up. It was the off-season. Leave me alone. <laughs> I didn't see any shows. I went to a cave, though. <laughs> a cave was pretty boss. <laughs> so anyway, so it's, it's, so, uh, it's the off-season in Branson, and uh, uh, there's no Wi-Fi in this condo thing that we've, that we've rented out. And uh, since it's the off-season, no one's open. So there's, like, no Wi-Fi anywhere. I, I think the, the Starbucks closes at, like, 9. There's a Panera Bread. That closes at 10. The show starts at 10 o'clock. Yeah, everybody serves dinner at, like, 4 down there. You I, know what yeah. I'm saying? Kenny Rogers can only be at one place at one time. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Williams dead. Kenny eats early. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I, so here's what I thought of. I took the iPad out, and I set it up on the dash, and I turned the Wi-Fi on, and I just started driving. <laughs> I've done that Waiting before. for an open network to pop up. And sure enough, uh, some out-of-season hotel who doesn't open till mid-February has got the Wi-Fi on and churning fierce. Nice. So I pull in and uh, and I fire it up and it, and, it, and I, I watch the show creeping in a uh, in a hotel parking lot in Branson on the off-season. Yeah, like it's a awesome. surveillance man. And the, yeah, and, you know, I thought it was pretty cool, except for I kind of had the, it was nice. I was like mid sixties, and I had the windows down, and I thought I'm gonna get jumped out here. And I thought there's nobody in Branson. <laughs> They're gonna no. come jump me. You I, can hear the two. I'll see uh, them coming. <laughs> you can hear the two tennis balls squealing on your way by. <laughs> Uh, but but then I thought like someone might actually I might be the creeper right because I'm sitting in, a, in an empty parking lot with like a screen up, kind of creeping out in this That's thing, true. and I thought somebody might reasonably drive by and come after me. If you're allowing us to to let you know whether or not you were the creeper, I could be the creeper. You were definitely the creeper. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. I'd feel I, terrible if I, I wasn't the creeper. I just want to make sure I know. <laughs> hey, you're listening to live from the path. Uh, we broadcast. Uh, uh, at 7 o'clock on Saturdays on uh, 99.3 KTIA, and you're listening live at lifeinthepath.org here at Monday night, 10 p.m. Central Time. You're using your time wisely, and I don't say that very often because I don't know you, but I know right now you're using that time wisely. Here's what's going on this week. First of all, we're going to – we're firing up the games here. We're going to do non-biblical signs of the apocalypse. Here's – I'm going to give you a story from the news, and there, there's, a, there's, there's parts of the Bible where it says, hey, man, the world uh, – there's going to be some stuff that goes down at the end of the times. Uh, but he didn't tell us everything that's going to be going down at the end of the times. And so uh, because there's just some things that we may not know, we're going to test it against the news of the day and say, hey, man, do you think that's one of those signs of the apocalypse? Or, uh, you know, we just keep a living and the world's uh, just a little bit cranky. I feel like it is one of the signs. Okay. Yeah, I haven't given you the example yet. Right on. Okay. So anyway, right I'll, there is a sign. I'll give you uh, I'll give you the news example and uh, chat, and you guys are in the studio. You're going to tell me uh, is that a, is that a sign of the apocalypse, sign of the end times, or uh, well, we got another day to live? Okay, so I was listening to one of the backlog of our shows here. Uh, I can't remember. It had to have been six, eight, nine months ago or whatever. But they had a one of the one of the uh, uh, non biblical signs of the apocalypse was a guy who uh, they, they tape recorded his confession. You know, and and then the 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 detective left the room and left the tape recorder in, and the guy flushed it down the toilet. <laughs> and the detective come back in, and the and the criminal goes, 
you better tighten up on your job, homie. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think so far the, my my favorite one that we've done was the the old lady in I think she was in Oregon, um, where she would put uh, like a what she put like a mayonnaise jar in the library drop in bin for the book box. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, I remember I, something about that. That was in there. I promise you. Uh, that I, my my favorite one was the story about that donkey that that like patrols in six eight mile square area. Yeah. But they, and this is a terrible thing to be favorite, but, like, he killed his owner. Like, the, the donkey got upset and, like, mauled this guy. But, like, the, the background on these donkeys where they, they, they patrol like dogs, a square area. Yeah, like, they're I, like territory security guards out in, a, out in the fields, you know? Yeah. I think the, I, there was another one in that oh. same show that had to do with some kind of 53-year-old woman writing a manatee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys remember yeah, that one? Down, <laughs> down in Florida. This she wasn't like, supposed to be riding I was new to the area. I had no idea this riding to the manatee was not allowed. And they ticketed her and hauled her into jail because <laughs> yep. she, she mounted a manatee and, and took a spin. <laughs> so uh, that's the kind of uh, hilarity you can expect coming up on uh, on the non-biblical signs of the apocalypse. Uh, and then we're rolling on with proof number 34 uh, from the man from com. These are 50 proofs. That he says, uh, make it clear that God is imaginary. We're on proof 34. God is 33 and 0. 34 is examine your health insurance policy. I've done that. So uh, we're going to talk. I might just agree with him on this thing. We're going to say <laughs> if God answers medical prayers, then why do you need health insurance? You're darn right. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to walk through that. Also, uh, John Boove III's got some uh, Pope-style advice. And uh, people are writing in, and uh, they want to know life in the path. They say the times are tough, and I need some help, Mike. You know we're not going to get to that, Ben. Uh, we're going to do dear life in the path, <laughs> and we're going to help people out. That's what's going to go down. <laughs> I'm going I'm to fire one up just in case. All right. That's what we got going on the show this week. Hey, if you have any questions, comments, or uh, f- feedback about the show, uh, make sure you let us know. You can send us an email at info at lifeinthepath.org. Uh, you can't have my phone number because I'm almost betting that it's not going to be positive. And I just I don't need your drama, all right? But I can filter the email. So People you, are downers. You don't shoot like, me an email. <laughs> no one calls with like, hey, you guys. Well, actually, we had someone write in and said, hey, uh, you know, the show's going all right. And that, that was actually hugely uplifting to us. Yeah. Uh, we don't get a lot of affirmation either way. We kind of create our own positive buzz. Because people don't, people like don't us. generally do it for us. You know, so hey, like, we're doing great. You know, guys, guys we do a good job. You know, uh, so it's, five and everything. It's actually nice to have someone say, "Hey, we appreciate what you're doing here once in a while." But usually, when people take the time to write in, they're they're hot steaming mad on the tail end of I'm I'm uh you know I've been screwed bender, and so they got yeah. really something to say, and it's it's never kind words. Something something not funny. Something yeah. something heresy. Something something, something, something something Jesus wouldn't approve of that. Blah, blah, you know, it's like okay, you know, maybe you should turn the station. <laughs> you know, maybe the show is not for you. I'm sure uh, Pat Robertson's still yeah. on. <laughs> Barbara Mandrell does some sort of hits. <laughs> uh, uh, that's not nice. All right. So, I tell you what, let's get to the proof then. Uh, proof number 34 uh, from the man and from godisimaginary.com. 50 proofs. He's our, here's number 34. Examine your health insurance policy. Here's a question. Full colon. Bold. If God answers medical prayers, then why do you need health insurance? Simply think it through, Buva. If He said that in the thing. He's after oh, you specifically. Great. If what Jesus says about prayer in the Bible is true, and if all the stories about medical miracles and inspirational literature are true, and if your belief in God and the power of prayer is true, and if God has a plan for you, then why do you ever need to visit a doctor or go to the hospital? Why don't you simply pray for a cure whenever you get sick? The reason I ask this is because the statement that Jesus makes in Mark eleven twenty four. this is our man's favorite statement, yes. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So is what he says in John fourteen fourteen. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. There's this statement in Psalms 41. Blessed is he who has regard for the weak. The Lord delivers him in times of trouble. The Lord will protect him and pre- uh, preserve his life. He will bless him in the land and not surrender him to the desire of his foes. The Lord will sustain him on his sickbed, Buva, and restore him from his bed of illness. 
But even more remarkable is James 5.15, where the Bible says, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. These are powerful verses. Keep in mind that these are the words of an all-powerful, all-knowing, perfect God. And James 5.15 is completely unambiguous. If these words are true and perfect, it seems like a faithful person should have no need for health insurance. What reason would a perfect God have for making false statements in the Bible? Yet, by owning health insurance, you demonstrate to yourself that something in these verses is amiss. In addition, the fact that you have health insurance indicates that you have no faith in God's plan for you, Buva. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? I threw that second one in for effect. Uh, let's look at it. Uh, there's an example. Blah, 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 blah. If you are a believer and if you have your Bible nearby, we can look at your health care policy from another angle. Turn to Matthew six twenty-five through 34. Uh, this is from Jesus. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Jesus' statement is utterly clear. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Yet health insurance is a physical manifestation of worry. You buy health insurance because you are worried about your health tomorrow, Buva. The question to ask yourself, therefore, is simple. If you are a believer, why do you... Oh, there's not even a do. Why do you need health insurance? <laughs> or, for that matter, car insurance, life insurance, or homeowner's insurance. Yeah, tighten up on your job, homie. <laughs> why are you worrying about your health in the future when Jesus told you specifically not to worry? And Jesus has promised to cure any illness that arises. Why do you own a health insurance policy when you're supposed to be putting your trust in the Lord who will bring health to your body? Everything the Bible says is very clear. Why are you ignoring everything that it tells you to do? John Boomer the third. Here's a possibility for you to consider, finally. You are completely ignoring the Bible because you, in your heart, you know that God is imaginary. What other reason is there for you as a believer to ignore God so profoundly by owning health insurance? That's the proof. Mike, initial thoughts. You yelled at Boomer. I'm ready, though. I'm ready. Okay. I, got a, I got a couple starting off points. Here's the two things that hit me. One, uh, when Jesus says, don't worry... He doesn't say, don't be prepared, or don't be responsible, or don't take care of things. He just says, don't freak out about it, you know? If uh, if you got a, a pending, uh, let's say you have an illness. Uh, Dan can speak to this, right? Like, let's say you have something uh, going on that's a, a, a fairly big medical condition. Uh, he doesn't say, ignore completely, be a fool, do whatever you want, and hope it doesn't kill you based on your erratic behavior, you know. Uh, you trust God with it. You live the life that he gave you. If he takes care of it, he takes care of it. If he doesn't, you get to meet him. Great. These are, these are, these are, you know, these are bonuses. That There's nothing that Jesus has said that has said, hey, uh, back out from taking care of your responsibility of maintaining uh, the temple that he's given you. Um, the other thing that I thought stood out was the, um, when he was talking about, uh, oh, what was he talking about? Had something to do with... Uh, Oh, no, lost it completely. Let's stick with my first one and act like that's all I said. Booba. <laughs> it was a good one, though. <laughs> so when he talks about, uh, obviously, not having health insurance and praying to God for our illnesses and, and immediately trusting God that uh, that he's going to cure us of every illness we get to, every sickness we get. I thought disease. of mine, by the way, just in case you run out of steam. Go. Fair enough. He's insinuating that um, God did not give us doctors and God did not give us the health care system. Um, and if a doctor is to uh, administer a, a penicillin shot, that uh, that wasn't in any way God. God had nothing to do with it because God had nothing to do with the, the creation, the, the uh, findings of penicillin, the hypodermic needle, the doctor creating the doctor, creating the hospital, making everything that went into that situation. Um, what he's banking on is when we pray, the only way that it would show God taking care of us and curing us would be God popping up saying, you're cured. And then it being over. It could have nothing to do with anything else going into our 
cure for our illnesses and sicknesses. That's, uh, that, that just kind of made me think because it popped out of me is uh, there's no way that the doctors have anything to do with God. So, Mike, go ahead and go on your second one. Okay, so here's what I thought. Here's the other two things I thought. Um, so when, when especially the James verse, uh, that was, that was, he was talking to a different culture at the time, a different, uh, you know, they, they didn't have modern hospitals. They, they didn't have as many people. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just the, the, the onslaught of, of modern medicine um, and the, you know, the amount of people that there is to take care of, it can't be done by a country store doctor with a roaming donkey anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we, have, we have setups to take care of that. And so when he's talking to these people, he's not, it's not like he's standing in front of the Mayo Clinic barking this advice. You know, like he's telling small towns worth of people how, how God takes care of his people in, in, uh, in, in that time. And, and actually, I, I find most of the time, and I think Dan will attest to this, is that, um, you know, if, if not only God uses modern medicine to cure people, sometimes God uses modern medicine to show that it's him. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. you go to doctors and they'll say, look, you're in, the, you're in the straits. There's just nothing we can do for you. It's in a bad spot. We can't operate on it. I, I just don't know. I don't know what to do. And then the prayer happens, and then God steps in, and you go back, and they go, there's nothing medically that I can say to explain this. Right? right. Dan? Right. Um, here, Here's a, a difficulty I'm having with what he had to say here. We live in a fallen world. Uh, newsflash, every one of us are going to die someday. Okay, so I'm 95, and I have a disease, and I'm supposed to pray, and it's supposed to go away. That, that's not Jesus never implied that. The Bible never implies that. It's very clear something's going to get me someday. Okay, I, I try to let people know that very clearly. I try to let my children know. Guess what? Someday you're going to pray for me to get better, and I'm going to get better by going to heaven. You know, that's just how it's going to be. Um, this body is not designed to last for eternity. My soul is designed to last for eternity. Uh, I'll one day have a glorified body. Um, so, you know, I think he's wanting everyone to perpetually live forever. You know, and he's trying to imply that's what the scripture is saying, but that's really not what the scripture is saying. Yeah, and it's it's kind of funny actually because science doesn't say that either. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what point means. of view he's coming from. You know, <laughs> you know, and and what you were talking about with, with modern medicine in in James five, uh, James asks the question: Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. Uh, that that wasn't like some little bottle of oil that they just put on their forehead. That was actually their medicine. I mean, yeah. oil was their medicine. Yeah. Uh, and so basically, he's saying, do what you can need to medically and pray. Yeah. That, Why not have both? And and that's a that's an interesting thought too. Is like we we don't think of that a lot. We 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 take medicine in in pills and we take medicine in in drinks and stuff. But I mean, right. those, even when you talk about the frankincense and myrrh and stuff that, that was given to Jesus, like there were, there were qualities to that, that made sense for a, a newborn child or a, not a, not a newborn child, but like a mother and a child and a young child to have, to use those things. They use them for, for washing and for cleansing, uh, antimicrobial things. I mean, those were, that's how, what's what they used them for. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes we, we mistake that as if it's just some, some kind of like celebratory oil that you toss around. Um, you know, yeah, they, they were they were trying to to treat whatever the ailment was yeah. with that process. Take two aspirin. Yeah, call me in the morning. I feel like gold could fix my woes. Anybody <laughs> want to? Well, and you, uh, the one, one thing to, to remember too is is, is um, 
uh, heal, the, the healings, especially the miracles and stuff that were, were in the Bible, they were not always a result of someone praying for them. I mean, Jesus healed people just because he healed people. Right. And so, you know, he, he's acting as, a, as if prayer is the fulcrum uh, to, to submit your ticket to be healed at the Jesus ER. Yeah, right. The prayer is not the God. God's still God, right? Prayer, right. Is, the, prayer is the communication He'll do as he pleases. and the yeah. relationship building. But, and, and, you know, and maybe that's the crux of, uh, of this guy, right? Like he, is, he has moved prayer into the God position. Like, like, uh, like he, he loves that asking you shall receive verse, you know? Like, and, and prayer is the God. If we worship prayer and we give everything to prayer and not look at the, who's standing on the other end, uh, you know, it's it's the God on the other end that's the big deal. You know, the the prayer is how you obtain the relationship. It's not like I say, look, I I uh, you know I married long walks on the beach. No, no, I married the lady that I do the long walks on the beach with. The long walks they're just a a, a great benefit and a way to communicate. You know, but like I really don't like that, incidentally. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I I think that's the thing. He's he's grasping the wrong end of the stick, and he's done this on every single thing that has to do with prayer. Mm-hmm. Like like he's his God is well the God that he's he's uh, you know raging against. Is, is prayer and not the God on the other end. I had a, a really fun conversation last week. I went to see my cardiologist. I'm a fairly young guy to have a cardiologist, so even to say that still sounds kind of funny to me. And I go, if I go into office, everybody's like, you know, 30 years older than me, and they look at me like, oh, no wonder he's, he must be here giving them samples or he's something. He's a delivery you know? man. Oh, it's a salesman. <laughs> it's the candy man. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he is, he is. So I said, no, I'm here to see the cardiologist. Oh, what are you in for? You know. Anyway, so I, I go back there, and it's like the yearly checkup thing. To make sure I'm still living. And uh, he has a student that is going to graduate like in a week. And so she has no clue who I am. And, and she, you know, she's going through the all the questions. Oh, you have any pains? Blah, blah, blah. Nope, nope. Everything's great. Everything's great. And she's kind of, I can tell she has that puzzled, like, why is this guy here? Yeah. And, and so I said, hey, do, you, do you know why I'm here? She goes, well, uh, no, no, I don't. And so I kind of told her the story. Well, I had this big aneurysm. They sent me to a surgeon. I was going to die any minute. I was going to pop. It was like ready to go. And um, we took another test. Uh, after a lot of people prayed for me, and now it's it's a point three eight, but it used to be point five four, which you know doesn't mean anything to, unless you know aneurysms, and um, and uh, it's it's and she kind of looked at me like, well, that that can't happen. I said, you're right, it can't happen. <laughs> you're absolutely <laughs> it right. It doesn't happen. <laughs> um, and, and I said, so how do you explain that? She goes, it must have been a bad reading. I said, it could have been. Um, some like to think maybe God did something. I said, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm going with the God thing. And then the cardiologist came in and goes, yeah, really the only thing that can explain this is a miraculous happening. And I'm like, well, look at that. You know, isn't that kind of cool? <laughs> you don't see that in the medical <laughs> chart very often. <laughs> yeah, uh, put that in your chart. <laughs> miraculous <laughs> happening. <You> know, <laughs> miracle. And then, and then she said, uh, you didn't read my proof 34. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, and, and I, I approached the whole thing. You know, God can do what he wants with me. You know, I can, I'm, I'm going to live eternity in heaven. Whether I go now or in 20 years, uh, you know, it's all the same to me because uh, I'm still going to live the same long Length of time. I'm, yeah, that's I'm, true. An eternal you know, soul is eternal. Where are yeah, you spending I'm it? Eternal. I'm eternal. You know. uh, so I'll try to take care of my body. And, you know, I'm exercising, all that good stuff, eating better. And um, but I don't have. I know I'm, I do not have an aneurysm. So it's like, why do I have a cardiologist? I, he's not even sure. I just keep going. Yeah, back. no kidding, Dan. You should just uh, you know dust your hands and be like, you know what? Uh, we're done here. Uh, you know. <laughs> but you know what's kind of cool? I, I don't know how many people can say this. We, we left the appointment. He gave me a big hug and said, "I love you." No doubt. And I said, well, I love you too, cardiologist. <laughs> Unknown cardiologist, <laughs> man. Unknown cardiologist, man. <laughs> and we prayed together, and it was just, it was a really kind of, you know, I don't know how many people get to have that experience. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Nameless yeah, yeah. doctor. Love uh, you too, buddy. And I think, I think you go to the cardiologist because there is a young lady in there uh, who may or may not know Jesus, and you have a cool opportunity to tell a story that she now gets exposed to. And now has to try to scientifically explain yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be you're gonna be the crux of her life, Dan. She'll Take be working that on back it for to your professor. Hey, did you notice that her reaction though is it like if you 
if you're given the option to see either God rules or people suck, she went with the people suck. It <laughs> <laughs> had to be a bad reading. <laughs> well, look, here's the other one. Oh, <laughs> I see. What a, what a crappy, what a crappy you know, choice. <laughs> a, you know, like I know the medical community, right? They're not afraid to spend money on tests. If they think it's a bad reading, they'll fire up another test. Yeah. Well, this looks funny. Let's test it again. I don't know about that. You and know? I even asked him at the time, you know, a year ago when it came back. I said, are you sure? Should we do this again? Because it is crystal clear. He said, you know, there's, there are X number of hundred images of that CT scan that, you know, I, it is it is crystal clear what you have, and it's not there. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I'll take it. <laughs> I guess I better get busy with some God stuff. Yeah. Then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lord, not done with me. I hear you. Okay. I'm still here. Okay. I'm moving. <laughs> All right. Well, and you know, and uh, it's not like there, it lacks legitimacy for a uh, for the medical uh, profession within the Bible. Luke was a Luke was a physician. He was. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jesus says stuff like, "Physician, heal yourself." Uh, he said, "It's not the it's not the uh, uh, who is it? It's not the healthy who need who need a physician. It's yeah. the sick, right?" And so it's it's not like he delegitimized the medical community. Uh, yeah. In fact, if there was not a legitimate medical community, being the miracle man wouldn't necessarily stand out. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So you you know people uh, would know the difference. <laughs> it's just uh, you know God he uses that stuff for his own purpose, and uh, and and he 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 steps in and he does things when when he gets the glory uh, and when it furthers his kingdom and uh, and when that guy says you know I got a boil on my left elbow and I really like it gone Lord Jesus even though I don't really believe in you I feel like he's not glorified and his kingdom's not furthered if that boil gets taken away so it's just not likely to happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, all right. I quit Aristarchus. Just pray. That was my. That was a Luke. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's uh, that was number thirty-four. Uh, next week, uh, proof number thirty-five. Notices Jesus myopia. Quick definition of myopia. Buva, go. I have absolutely no idea. Good. One hundred percent honest. Fingernail uh, disease. Dan Hudson. Uh, that sounds like some type of uh, illegal drug that you might take. Okay. Okay. I'm glad next I wasn't week the only is going to be a weeping it's uh, a, of a proof. <laughs> It, it, it's, it's when you have uh, a gobble, like a chin gobbler. What? Yeah. What? So that, anyway. That can't be right. That's not true. Anyway, uh, that proof, here's, the, here's the opening salvo. If you think about Jesus, you realize that his biggest problem is an incredible case of myopia, chin waddle. You can see this chin waddle quite clearly as we look back at Jesus' time on earth. The obvious question that any intelligent person is forced to ask is this. If Jesus is God, then why didn't Jesus use his omniscience and omnipotence to actually do something magnificent and beautiful on earth rather than squandering his power as he does in the Bible by not healing his waddle. Oh, no. That's proof 35. Oh, no. Wow. Take out any references to the waddle, and that's what he's getting at. <laughs> wow. So, uh, anyway, that's what we'll hit next week on uh, the 50 proofs from GodIsImaginary.com. If you want to read ahead, please do so. Go to GodIsImaginary.com, and you can check out all of the uh, the various proofs that are there in their full unglory. This guy makes my soul hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I go between childish emotions like, ha ha, silly man. And like, <laughs> how dare you do this? You know, blah, blah, blah. And then like some days I'm like, ah, you just you make me hurt the way that you miss it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like the whole gospel, you're just missing. You're missing it. Yeah. I'll yeah. be running into him someday. He's, like, hey, He's going to run into you guys. with a Buick. Ouch. All right. Advertisement of a video. <laughs> it, must, it must be popular. That's, that's a little red. <laughs> well, that's pretty mercy, isn't it? <laughs> uh, we gotta think of something else, Ben. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna be done. Uh.
Okay, here's the deal. Uh, this is non-biblical signs of the apocalypse. I'm going to give you read you a, a brief story for the news, and uh, you got to figure out whether this is a sign of the end times or whether we got just a little bit more time. This could be one of those things that uh, God said is going to go down at the end of times, but I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Uh, first one. Robert John Tate Jr., 30, is accused of ramming his parents' Port St. Lucie home with an SUV, reports T.C. Palm and Stewart. Holy terror. Tate's mom told cops her son had been posting strange YouTube videos of himself in a Batman suit before the incident, <laughs> according to the report. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's the entirety of the story. <laughs> okay, now hold on. Were the videos strange because he was in the Batman suit or he was doing strange things in, in the Batman, Batman suit? suit? You know what I'm saying? Like, if he was in a Batman suit running around saying, I'm Batman, that seems legit. Can we look up... But uh, if he was, like, cleaning out the cat litter box in the Batman suit, that's weird. I was gonna <laughs> say, can we look up John Tate Batman suit? I'm going to see if I can find it. <laughs> I think we can be the judge of whether or not it's weirdness in a Batman suit or the Batman suit is the weirdness. Robert, uh, I, I'm still looking. I, what are your thoughts so far? Uh, uh, non-biblical sign of the apocalypse? Okay, now hold on. Uh, what happened? Like, Was he in the Batman suit when he ran into the house? Uh, well, he, it, not in the police, not in the uh, picture of, from the police blotter. I think that would have made it pretty bad if he was in the Batman suit driving an SUV through, the, through his parents' house. Uh, and they didn't make any mention of uh, intoxication or, uh, you know, other type of hindrances? You, you, you know, they, they usually do. So I'm going to assume that uh, he was not intoxicated. He was fully, uh, yeah, he was fully lucid. Okay, no drugs. He rammed his parents' uh, house with an SUV. <laughs> Possibly in a Batman suit. Tate's, Tate's wow. mom told cops her son had been posting strange YouTube videos of himself in a Batman suit before the incident. They didn't say how close to the incident. Like, was it a couple hours or a couple weeks? Yeah, and why is his mom, like, checking I, his YouTube stream all I, the time? I'd say, <laughs> I'd say we get time. I'd say we got time on that one. Really? Yeah. I mean, no drugs yeah. involved, Batman suit, running a car in your they, mom's place. This is weird. <laughs> there are some weird people in this world, and I don't think that... Uh, that Driving a Batman suit, um, driving in a Batman suit in an SUV into a home it is really that big of a deal when it comes to well, the not, Just because it's normalized <laughs> behavior doesn't mean it doesn't sign the end of the world. I, I'm going to stick with... I, I, Does it make a difference if he made his own Batman suit or he bought a professional one? <laughs> no. I really feel like if he homemade this thing, it's in a time. So <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Oh, it takes oh, a certain oh, level of commitment oh, to make your own Batman homemade suit. Homemade Batman suit. Driving an SUV in your Setting home. Setting up the camera, doing weird Batman things in front of it, getting the wheels, running it running in your mom's place. I like that his mom uh, subscribed to him on a YouTube. <laughs> I feel like my Maybe. mom wouldn't subscribe to my YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> would not be interested. My mom would definitely not subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, I, I think I'm going to stick with I think we got some time. Okay. Dan? Yeah, I, th I think it's more of a sign of, of poor parenting and, and maybe a, 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 an adult child without a job than... Um, He's 30. Yeah, he needs a job. It doesn't say whether he's employed or not. He could be a Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he could be a vigilante in Port St. Lucie, Florida. I had failed to consider that he was actually Batman. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Has anyone seen him and Batman together? He fights crime. That, we can't, we can't that say That's true. Tighten up on your job, homie. <laughs> he's a crime fighter. Better hold on to the confession tape, officer. All right. All right. Oh, we're going to go with... Uh, I bet he's a blogger. He probably is a At blogger. At night. Okay, here we go. A night blogger. Uh, maybe he was hungry and thought he'd just wing it, or he thought he'd better start to stockpile some wings for the Super Bowl. Kenneth Thomas Amorite, 48, of Vero Beach, allegedly stuck $4.14 worth of chicken wings from the deli of a Vero Beach Publix into the front of his pants. Uh, reports Will Greenlee of Off the Beat blog. A manager detained Amorite until a deputy arrived who clipped his wings and sent him to the slammer. So he stole them? 
or well, he I bought hope them. He, he tried to steal four dollars and fourteen cents worth of wings by stuffing okay, them. No, in oh, the, okay, hold no. on. Does it say that? Allegedly, uh, alleged. Well, it says allegedly. He's smiling in this photo. Stuck four dollars and fourteen cents worth of chicken Plus wings right. from a deli into the front of his pants. Now hold on. Does it say he didn't pay for them? Because as soon as you bought them, you put them wherever you want. I think yeah. he's walking I, through the deli, he, stuffs them in his pants, so he doesn't have to pay for them. Yeah, he, pay he, he the was end. arrested. I, I have a feeling that would be one of my qualifiers for not eating them anyway. If they've been in the pants, I don't <laughs> eat things that have been in pants. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I I would agree with that as well. Uh, it can be even see. Amir was arrested, unable to fly the coup after accusations in talks? front of his pants. <laughs> Accused. Uh, Affidavit didn't state whether Amirite was running around like a chicken with his head cut off, or whether anyone was crowing <laughs> after the accused poultry. No. Misdemeanor charges of retail theft and trespass. Oh, well, the trespassing seems a little unnecessary. It's a legitimate establishment. Well, that's they're, not, now, now they're just being rude. Now, hold on now. If you go in a place and don't use it for its regulated purpose of business, then that's trespassing. That would be like me uh, going into, uh, let's say, the uh, what would be a good example? The Hallmark store where they sell cards and whatever, and then I, I set up a poker game in the middle of the third aisle and do whatever I want. That's trespassing. Yeah, but what... I don't he's know. gone in there. He's not eating the food. He's stealing the food, which means he's not he's not using the place of business for what it's designed for. That's trespassing. Uh, he's not welcome if he's going to steal. Trespassing. All right, fine. Okay. Anyway. I say we got more time though. That's just regular yeah, old stuff to me. The fact yeah. that he put it in his pants is weird, but I don't think that's any. Okay, sign let of me it. ask you this question. Let's he's say no Batman. Let's say Booba. <laughs> Booba was the guy. Like you're running a deli, Mike. And Buva grabs four bucks worth of chicken wings and puts it down on the front of his pants. What's you? What do you say? What's? How do you approach this man you just saw do that? Hey, man. Hello. <laughs> uh, I thought I just saw you stick some chicken wings down your your trousers. I don't know where you saw that. <laughs> it was on the camera. I saw. I, I saw. I saw I it. I didn't see a camera. I don't believe you. That has to be an awkward conversation, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sir. We're gonna have to ask okay, you to drop okay, your yeah, pants. Oh, here, here it is. Can you prove it? Yeah, it's on the camera. You put four. Are, are you sure? Did you see the whole action of me grabbing the wings yes. and putting them into my pants? Yes, I did. I'm, I'm going to have to see this. I don't believe you. Uh, that's uh, no that problem. You, you can talk to the officer that and I as happen. we watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that didn't I go very smooth. Please, please leave. That, there's nothing unawkward about that conversation. Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, I, even, this, even the theft part and is And you can't weird. really say, sir, can I have my chicken wings back? No, I'd rather not return them. Yeah. No, I just like my four bucks. No, I feel like you break it. You bro- you bought it. You broke yeah. it. Yeah. Those aren't fixable. <laughs> He's right. obviously someone in need. Not in not an apocalyptic he event. Just needs just, uh, all right. All right. Here we go. Boynton Beach cops say Christopher Paul Marsland was riding his bicycle while extremely drunk in darkness. Reports the South Florida Sun Sentinel. When stopped, the 41-year-old man cursed officers, threatened to kill them, and claimed to be a professional MMA cage fighter, according to the report. After being here's the classic part. After uh, it hasn't happened yet. After being handcuffed, Marcelin offered the cops a deal they could they could refuse. He offered them a bribe. Mike guesses on how much. Uh, hundred bucks. Troy, three fifty. Dan, uh, pants full of chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> After being handcuffed, Marcelin offered the cops a deal they could refuse. Fifty cents to let me go. He reportedly told them. <laughs> <laughs> if it's all you've got. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50, 50 cent bribe to the police. What are your thoughts, Mike? Yeah, it's not the sign of any times. The man <laughs> just got arrested on his bike being drunk. That happens. In the darkness. Yeah. 50 I, cents. Here's the thing. You, especially if you're a bike rider with your legs moving and you're, and, and you're, you're exercising, you don't want to carry any more than a couple bucks on you because it's going to fall out of your pants pocket. It's Otherwise, you're going to be forced to wear those tight shorts that really no one appreciates, even in the darkness. They can tell those are tight shorts. I'd say that's a, 
Uh, yeah, that's that's uh, we got. Oh one man, time. he got a bribery charge on that thing. Is it legal to bribe anything? Like, what if you say, "Look, if you let me go, I'll be nice to you." Does that count as a bribe? <laughs> yeah. Hey man, I, I got a stick of gum in my back pocket. If you let me go, yeah. What if there's no yours? good exchange? Can you can you bri- emotionally bribe people? Like, do this, and I, I won't cause you any more trouble. I'll give you a hug. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, so far, uh, so far, uh, not the end of the world. We just got nope. some lunatics in yeah, Florida. It's, it's just crazy. Okay, yeah, yeah, here yeah. we go. The gals attending this home jewelry party are truly a bunch of gems. Lake City cops said Derek Jeremy Lee, 24, donned a ski cap and, armed with a gun, entered a home and ordered the 14 women inside who were attending a home jewelry party to hand over their purses, money, and phones. One woman, who had thought it was a party gag, pushed the man's hand aside and laughed, saying, It's only a water gun. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha. The woman who had hosted the party then stood up and yelled, Get out of my house in the name of Jesus. When the other women followed her lead and loudly chanted the name of Jesus, according to the report, it worked, and the man left. Lee later managed to get a little souvenir courtesy of the cops, his very own pair of steel bracelets, this uh, fourth booking at the county jail. Uh, let, let me ask, okay, question here. Act of God, or a man just creeped out by 14 crows yelling Jesus in the living room? I got to go with B on that one. 14 crows yelling yeah, Jesus I'd, freaked I'd me out. I'd say B on that one. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know his will. Maybe that is his deal. I mean, I'm not going to doubt that, that he wouldn't do it, because I don't know, but I think that's most likely B, 14 crows. Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. Now, take that wing situation from earlier. If I had seen Troy and I said, in the name of Jesus, put them wings back where you got them. <laughs> I feel like you changed your ways and put them wings back. I don't know. I have sanctified and returned them to the, gonna, <laughs> to the owner. I was going to say, if, if I'm the kind of dude that's going to grab $4.14 worth of wings and stuff them down my pants. Yeah. Here's I what I would I'm say. I'm the kind of guy that's going to respond to your in the name of Jesus. That's why I don't understand this guy bailing. Yeah, well, here's. I the think thing. they were just creeped out. Well, he's a low rent criminal. Like he's he's robbing a ladies' jewelry party. He's been booked four times. Yeah, that, is, that is pretty pansy yeah. moving. Plus, I mean, I could say something cool like, uh, "You think those wings are hot now? Change your sinning ways." <laughs> <laughs> uh, ergo. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, all dear. right. All right. I, I would say this: the style of journalism might be. A sign of the end with the steel bracelets and all the chicken jokes in the last one. Yeah, it is fairly cheeseball, Ben. Uh, I, I didn't write them up. <laughs> got, got his own I, pair of I steel can... bracelets out of the deal. Like, oh, yeah, good for like him. You're, you're getting all these from the same source. Ran around though. like a chicken with uh, his yeah, head yeah. cut off. Yeah, yeah. all these come from a Florida newspaper. So it's, you just have no. You've had no, no, no discernment. Area. Is what you're saying? Uh, no, I can't help what they put in here. Here we go. <laughs> uh, last one. Uh, Bartolo Gelsomino, a 78, is accused of killing. His 71-year-old wife in their Kindle home, reports the Miami Herald. The elderly man, who was apparently incensed after his wife refused to cook him a hamburger, stabbed his wife to death and then tried to cover his tracks by staging a burglary to their home. Cops also said that Gelsomino has a history of domestic violence. That's it. Cook me a hamburger, woman. That's not, that's not, a, funny, that's not a funny story. No, it's not. <laughs> it's a sign of the end times. <laughs> no. We got time. If we're basing off that, we got time. I don't know. I'm going apocalyptic. Really? We're going crazy. Guy's 78. He killed his 71-year-old wife. How long have they been married? Doesn't say, does it? Uh, No, it does not. Would it change if it was six months? You know, that's a confused man, right? Like, I'm too lazy to make my own hamburger. Make me a hamburger. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay, now I'm going to get up and murder. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's a sign of the end times. Everything is all about me. Kind of like the days before Noah. You know, everyone did what was right in the eyes of their own selves and... Yeah, crazy. You remember the guy? We talked about this guy. Uh, a guy uh, in in Florida who gunned down his drunken roommate during a feud over how to prepare pork chops. 
You remember this guy? This no. guy got like big bushy handlebar mustaches. Is it the same man? Uh, no, it's a different guy. I was gonna say it was the same dude. I changed it. He sounds like the guy that shaved. Remember that guy that shaved the beard of his of his like he tied him up, shaved him the beard of his neighbor for, for like. He took his lawnmower. I can't remember what the... Yeah, made him eat it. Yes, yeah. exactly right. <laughs> took his lawn... They were like a Mennonite. They're the yeah, people that like don't something yeah. there. <laughs> took his lawnmower. I can't remember <laughs> verbatim. Like took the saying, goat, but, whatever. <laughs> I, okay, I think I'm with Dan in times. Like, that's ridiculous. I, I, why was there... Like, there's only one story there that uh, said there was chemical involvement. Like, if this is just the basis of people's behavior with or without medication, uh, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Florida's going to get hit first. <laughs> Might just fall off. That's where people clear out of Branson. They go to. Yeah. They go straight from the off-season Branson. Branson's the second to the last stop. They saw stop. this creepy dude in the in the parking lot of a hotel room with a, or a ho- old hotel that didn't open until February. Here's a 12-pack. Here's a bicycle head to Florida. Hey, man, that guy looks creepy. I bet he's not going to Florida anytime soon. Yeah, ain't no doubt. All right. Well, oh, that was it. Not biblical signs of the apocalypse. That's not the end times. No, I don't know. I think we still got time. I mean, it could be. A lot of people are saying that. <laughs> a lot of people say a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Jesus says, don't worry. He doesn't say, don't be prepared for it. He just says, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, don't worry about and it. And so uh, that's life from the past official stance. We're not concerned with it. <laughs> uh, we respect it and uh, would enjoy it if it showed up. But uh, we are certainly not worried about it. To live is Christ, to die is gay. Yeah, uh, whatever. <laughs> Bring it on, Jesus. <laughs> I think we're ready. <laughs> all right. How many people signs the apocalypse? Uh, all right, so Troy, let me ask this question. People knocking at the door. They say, John, moving to third. We need some advice. We're coming to sit on your lawn until you provide us advice, Pope style. What would you say to 15,000 people waiting to hear something that you had to say, advice from for the week? First off, good afternoon, 15,000 people in my front yard. I'm here for you. So <clears throat> after the recent things have happened uh, within the last couple weeks, um, I, I kind of started thinking about uh, – uh, where I've stood in my walk when tragedies, tragedy is hit, um, where I have been, you know, in my relationship with Christ. And uh, I realized that that uh, a lot of people and me included at one point in time, um, I did not prepare myself spiritually. I didn't prepare myself uh, to uh, to be ready for that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it talks about building your foundation and building the foundation the man who uh, the builder who built it on sand and and when the storms came and and the winds blew you know the, the house was destroyed and the man who uh, built his house on solid foundation you know when the when the storms came and the, the winds blew his house stood strong and i think that a lot of times in this day and age people wait till the last minute to really start building their foundation and we all know that's the wrong time we uh we wait until you know the signs of things are going to happen. Whether you know it may be a family member that's uh, that's you know terminally ill, and and you can see them fading away to where then we really start thinking to, them, to ourselves, you know, where am I in my walk with God? Where is my foundation at? What do I have to to go off of when this obvious storm is coming? And then you know we have times where we don't even have a chance to have that. We we have tragedy strike immediately, and we didn't prepare. We didn't spend the time we were supposed to creating our foundation. And we're immediately blown over. Our house is destroyed. We have nothing to stand upon. We are weak. And I think that's that's my Pope style advice this week. We are we need to make sure that we are preemptively building our foundation. We're not waiting till the storm hits to build our house. And I think that's the biggest thing that, that I've I've really really been digging into the last weeks with my with previous deaths in my family. I uh, I didn't have a foundation, and I had um, I had the stilts on the sand. And and it hit immediately, and my faith was shook. It was shaken terribly, 
and and I fell because of it. And as I gained wisdom through uh, through God and through my reading and through you know strengthening my my walk, it happened again, and I have a foundation to stand on. I have you know Jesus is my rock and my foundation for me to stand on right now, and I'm not wavering at all. You know I am I am steadfast for my family, for my friends, for myself. More more importantly, to make sure that I'm not going to shake and my my faith isn't going anywhere. I know that my God is here with me and I can stand upon him. That's some solid advice. Very solid. How would you tell someone to build on a foundation of rock? Someone who's going, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's so, great. Foundation. Is there any way to know that you're in the sand until the storm hits? No, absolutely not. And that's what I'm saying. You need to be prepared. I think that's usually a pretty good sign of a weak foundation is you assume you are a strong foundation. Right. You know, like the whole situation of the storm if, if you so you're you're going to know, I mean, if you honestly are are seeking a relationship with God and are seeking to to know more about God, we have, you know, a book that tells us what our foundation should be based upon. And I think if, if you are actively searching for that, you're going to know that that you have a shaky foundation and all of us have a shaky foundation. But you know pretty well that you're in the straits. Um and I think, you know, we have certain guidelines that we can follow, you know, praying every day, reading our books, really getting involved in our relationship with God to where it's not a, a passing phase. It's not something that happens every six months, you know, where we think about God. If we know that we are in a daily relationship with God, we are daily having a walk with God. We're talking with God. We're learning in the word. We're spending time in the word. You know that I know that right now I, I don't have a solid foundation, but I'm a lot better off than I have been before, and that's because of the fact that you know I, I am spending more time in the Word, and I am spending more time uh, with God. Sure, you, you build it one brick at a time. Right. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of the thing, right? When the when the when the when the storm shows up, uh, you know, even if your even if your house isn't finished, at least you're not starting over. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're not you're not trying to pick up the pieces and find anything sal- salvageable. You're like. Yeah, that did hit, but uh, I, got, I got a house to build. So, well, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, the whole yeah. thing. We're always going to be building our foundation. There's always more pieces of it that we can put under us on yeah. our foundation. It's it's a walk where we are ever expanding our minds with God. We are ever, you know, God showing us more and more as we learn and as we grow. He's sitting there. I, I can just imagine him sitting there. Oh, you think that's cool, dude? Just wait. Just wait, I got something even better for you that you can put under you. You're going to learn this, and it's going to be even better. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, And, and, and maybe that house metaphor has got some legs, you know? Uh, I mean, there's not uh, – every beautiful house has a strong foundation. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and You're not limited to the foundation, right? It's just a place to get started. Right. And when you get started and then you let God start designing things and putting up rooms and painting some, painting some walls and, and you know, putting some places for you to actually live, it's, it starts to get really comfortable and not feel like work like it used to. You know, and, and, and you know – Maybe maybe there's times where you're having guests over to your place. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like you could you could feed others and, and and you can let them see what a house looks like when it's done. And and uh, I mean it's never finished. It's always a work in progress. But like you could you can let them see, for example, what God builds. This is what God does. Yep. And and you you know that's why it's so it's so amazing to talk to a lot of people. You know that that have some excellent testimonies on where they came from. Right? Like not only did God get me out of this crappy house that I built, but He helped me build a new one. Yep. And, uh, like, by anybody's standards, my house looks great. But if you knew what house I came from, yeah. uh, you'd be blown away, you know. And so, uh, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's excellent advice. You know, I, 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 I think after you get, um, you know, you get, you know, to a certain foundation, they get that thing set. Like I said, God will start building things. And then, uh, you, you know, certain start parts of the Bible will start to jump out at you. 
Um, like I've been, I, I, I don't know. There's something about the Book of James that just uh, just gives me a, a, a good whooping. And and <laughs> and it's I think it's James one twenty two or one twenty three that says don't just don't don't deceive yourselves uh, and just read the word, do what it says. You know, I thought. You know, I I think I get it. Like you know, we, we we've we finally gotten through our our. Uh, I, I've read the Bible for the first time over the last year, and we're heading right back through it again. We're about halfway through it again, and uh, you know, I thought, okay, I, I I got the swath. Let's do what it says. You know, and uh, that's hard. You know what I'm saying? It's hard. It's because you have to be constantly guarding it and constantly watching it, and that that almost fits right back in with the house metaphor, right? Like. The foundation's there. Uh, don't kick a brick out, <laughs> you know. Uh, right. Keep it where it is. Paul Paul even says that. You can't change the foundation that's been laid. So everybody be careful on what you're building on top of that. And your own life is a perfect example of that. If you watch what you're building, you use the materials that God told you, and follow his design, you're going to end up with an awesome house at the end. Absolutely. So there you go, 15,000 people on Milan. No, get out. No, Step get on out. out. Step envy in my house. That's get out and start building. <laughs> I know you see the house you're thinking, man, that's a crazy foundation. I bet I could have that. I bet I could take it. Where's my SUV? <laughs> Help me, Batman. Quick, where's my Batman suit? To the bad SUV. I'm taking it out. Uh, you're listening to Live from the Path. We're broadcasting every Monday night here from org from 10 to 11 Central Time. Also, you can catch us on 99.3 KTIA at 7 p.m. every Saturday. Same show. Not the same great bat content, because we do what we want here on the internet show. That's no doubt. We're limited on what we can say on the KTIA. We're not allowed to talk about certain things. Armadillas, for example. <laughs> Something about you armadillas you rubs them wrong. It's, it's all politics, you know. <laughs> you say one armadillo, you get sued. Um, uh, anyway, hey, uh, j- just real quick, I, I wanted to say quick thanks to our sponsors, by the way. If you if you want to, um, sometimes we get requests, people want to help out the show. Here's what you can do. Two things for me. Uh, one, if you would pray for the show, that would be awesome. Just uh, pray that our... Uh, uh, our show uh, reflects God's will, um, that it brings glory to him, not to us, and that uh, hopefully our conversation is uh, uh, sh- shows that we love Jesus and we have a lot of fun doing it. Uh, second of all, if you uh, if you want to visit our sponsors, we have Valley Services for all your residential and commercial cleaning needs, uh, Capana's Coffee and Gelato in Ames, where uh, Troy has tried the gelato, says it's delicious. Yeah. I like the uh, Mex Mocha, if you're going to buy a drink. Uh, also, the Eisenhower team, hey man, buy a house from them fellas. They want to they sell you a house, they want to sell you your house. Uh, go to the Eisenhower team dot com and uh, for all your promotional items, we're talking T-shirts, uh, caps. Uh, what we got? What Troy, Troy was wearing the uh, uh, the Life from the Path uh, hat. Ben, we gonna give some of those away? Yeah, I th- let's give one away. All right, can you hold on? Let me let me get you on what Troy's got on here. Been wearing this bad boy for days. Uh, that's not. That's not Ben. That's not the Troy cam. There we go. All right. So here's what I'm gonna do. If you send me an email this week, uh, send it to info at life from the path dot org. And uh, here's all you got to tell me. You got to say, hey, I watched the show. Tell me whether you listen to it on the internet, uh, whether you get it on the podcast, uh, or whether you listen to it on 99.3 KTIA, and say, I want the hat. Okay? And we'll put, uh, we'll get all the emails together, we'll put it in a drawing, and we'll draw one out, and uh, and uh, we'll pick a winner, and we'll send you a free hat. Yeah. That now, hat makes Doof look like me, look somewhat okay. Now, here's the deal. Here's how you should be comforted. Uh, most of our listeners, don't take this the wrong way, listeners, they're lazy people. Okay, they're not going to get around to sending this email in. So take the initiative and just, just, just send it in. You, mean, you may be that one guy. Your odds, I mean, you might be the only dude. You're guaranteed a hat. Just yeah. give it. Just give it a whirl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Info at org. You need to tell me uh, where you hear the show, either on the podcast, on the live internet feed, or on 99.3 KTIA. And you got to say, I want the hat. And we'll put you in the drawing for that. And uh, unless you do, if you do it in all caps, we're going to disqualify you. Yeah. That's abrasive. That's yeah. kind of yelling. That's yeah, outrageous. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to close the stuff on the on the tenth. Okay, 
What's that, Sunday? Yeah, 11.59 p.m. on the 10th, okay. and I'm closing her down. So Central we can Standard announce Time. it next week. Yeah, then. we're going to do it next week on the show. All right, fine. All right, win the hat. All right, there you go. And uh, anyway, uh, Jared Roy from On Purpose Promotions uh, made, uh, made those hats for us. That's onpurposepromos.com. Uh, anyway, uh, you, please frequent our sponsors, uh, even if you don't want to buy anything from them, although what I encourage you to do so, give them a call and say, hey, thanks for sponsoring Life from the Path. Dear Life from the Path, I'm a 20-year-old college student with a great job, life ambitions, and parents who love me. They raised me to think for myself and follow my dreams. I didn't date much in high school, but a few months ago, I met a wonderful young man who's in the Army. Two things about the relationship are different. First, we met on the Internet, communicated online for several weeks, then took the next step to meet in person. The second is, Jack, in quotes, is 10 years older than I am and has a son from a previous marriage. Jack is stationed not far from me. When I met him, I realized he was everything a woman could want. Apparently not the old woman. Uh, I digress. I did a background check and everything uh, he told me is true. He supports me fully in pursuing my degree and my future career, but I'm afraid to introduce him to my parents because they're old-fashioned. They are leery about people meeting on the Internet. (laughs) They also want me to meet a guy closer to my age. The more Jack and I are together, the more I realize how much I love him. I want to introduce the man I love to my family. How do I proceed with this? I am scared that my parents won't accept Jack. How can I get them to accept my choice? What was the age difference? Ten years. years. And how old was she? I didn't say. Twenty. I mean, it's a big difference between if it's. No, like, no, I did say twenty. Sorry, yeah. 20, okay. yeah, twenty. So he's thirty. He's thirty. I feel like thirty's the new twenty. I've just turned thirty myself. Feel like it's younger than you think. <laughs> <laughs> Booba, yeah. that's terrible advice, Booba. So okay, so uh, ten years is not that big of a deal in some circumstances. Um, age itself is not the the biggest factor. I mean. You can have a 20-year-old that acts like a 40-year-old, immaturity-wise, whatever. And you can have um, a 30-year-old that acts like a 5-year-old. That That's completely understandable. So I don't think it's age alone. Uh, I understand where she's coming from, though, when she's talking about her, her parents being old-fashioned and not wanting to, uh, to probably acknowledge that. However, here's the situation. So if you honestly love the guy, if you feel like this is the person you want to be with, regardless of how you met... If you've got a good relationship, I don't see a problem. Your parents may not accept it at first, but if they do love you like they say they do, they're going to accept or at least deal with the fact that you're with this person. It it changed my life. Was there advice there? Yeah. What was it? Deal with it, mom and dad. That's, yeah. I feel like you just retold the story. That's all. I'm saying that, that you need to just come out and say it. She, she's talking about how she's scared to tell her parents because she doesn't know if they'll accept him. What I'm saying, though, is she's saying that they love her, all this different stuff. If they love her so much, they'll at least learn to deal with the guy that she's with. They may not like it at first, but if that's their child, they're going to deal with it. So just tell them. Okay, Dan, let me ask you a question. Let's say that one of your daughters brings home some sleazeball that you don't really like, right? He's doing things that you're not – you don't like his lifestyle. There's nothing, nothing you like about him. Right, right. right. Tell me that they're going to come home and say, Dad, deal with this, and you're going to go, all right. <laughs> you're, you're insinuating way too much, though. She she never said anything about how her parents wouldn't like his lifestyle. Of course. She, why would she bring that up? She wants the, the answer person all, to give her okay, fine. advice. All we're, all we're getting from this, though, is the fact that she's worried about the age difference, and she's worried about the fact that they met on the Internet. That's the only thing that she no. commented on, that they're okay. old-fashioned. Here's what I think. I think the guy is a sleaze pocket, and I think she doesn't want to admit that, so she's trying to find some kind of weird, scattered ways uh, so she can blame it on the weirdness of her parents. Yeah, that would make her parents look like yeah. yeah, you know how them geezers are. We met on the intranet, and they, they don't like it. 
Yeah, we but, should just get off in a loop and not tell anybody till later. And, yeah, I think he's a scuzz bucket. I, I think you guys are really jumping on a lot of stuff there. <laughs> are, are you, you date, are you dating a woman twenty ten years your your senior? No, I'm not. I know not people yet, not who are. Parents approve. <laughs> uh, you know, I think the healthiest thing to do here is for them to all just meet without making a big fanfare. She's not saying we're getting married next week. Right. She's just saying, "Hey, here's a guy. Uh, I like to meet him. I, I would be very open to meeting anyone my daughter was was dating and get to know the person, and then I could give her some helpful advice, not based on what I don't know. You know, not based on simply here's a graph that tells you how long you'll be single because he's going to die." 15 years before you do, you know, something like that. I, I would might have that conversation with her saying, hey, guys tend to go sooner. Um, just go into that with your eyes open so you understand you're, you're basically agreeing to a long senior singlehood, maybe, you know. But uh, that's not what you base that on either, you know. I'd look at his character. I'd look at what's going on in his life. and, and uh, I'd invite him on a men's hunting weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna work. Mike, do you I'd, hunt? Huh? You even hunt? No, no. But I would come up with a bunch of weird rituals that would freak him out <laughs> and, <laughs> and get him away from my place. <laughs> here's our family handshake. Yeah, here's the thing: we do nude buffalo dancing. <laughs> Be ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, Troy's right. Yeah, I just tell him. Just tell him. Yeah, they don't like people that meet over the internet. God, give your parents a chance, you know. I mean, at first blush, like if they had to choose, they, they, they just think it's suspicious is all because it's not how they would have done it. But back in their day, so-and-so would have told so-and-so would have told so-and-so that they liked him on the playground. So, I mean, yeah, it, instead of telling so-and-so, you just told a bunch of ones and zeros and it told them for you. Yeah. Hey, you've been listening to Live from the Path. Thanks for hanging out with us uh, both this week and every week at livefromthepath.org. Check us out during the week uh, for additional clips uh, from the show, uh, as well as interviews, musical performances, bonus content, and all kinds of hootenanny that goes on at that uh, website during the week time. Uh, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Life in the Path. Unless you're on the internet. Listen to the podcast. And there's still just a little bit more. Okay, Mike, what do you go? Okay, here's, what, here's what Secular says. Okay. Secular says, your relationship with Jack appears to be progressing at warp speed. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't see anything in her letter that implied some kind of crazy speedness. Uh, if your parents, if you want your parents to accept them, you must give them an opportunity to get to know them. And the same applies to you because this romance is fresh. As you communicate with your parents, start mentioning Jack. Ooh, that's sly. Tell them he is a member of the military and how you met. Meeting someone on the internet these days is very common and nothing to be ashamed of. The longer you continue uh, keeping his existence secret, the more concerned and disappointed your parents will be when, they, when you spring it on them. They will want to meet him, and you should introduce them. After that, the selling job will be his. Keep your cool. You are a parent's little girl and always will be. But the t- decision of who you'll wind up with is your own to make, not theirs. All right. Yeah. Ah, that's too bad. It really shouldn't be. Here's what I found about. Young people can't be trusted. Uh, I was listening to this guy talk the other day about uh, they, do, they still do, even in, in, in Christian parts of India, they still do arranged marriages, right? Yep. And uh, they were talking to the guy. And, uh, and he said, so why, you know, you guys do arranged marriages? And, and he goes, here's the difference between uh, what we do here and what you guys do in the United States. Uh, you love the one uh, that you marry. And, or you marry the one that you love. We love the one that we marry. And I thought, well, that's an odd way to say it. And he goes, he goes I go and find a wife for my son. Do you know why? Because my son's never been married. He has no idea what he needs. Just like I didn't know what I need when I got married. 
And he goes, he doesn't know. He has no idea what what it's like to be married or what it, what goes on in that relationship because it's never happened to him. I, as his father, know uh, the most I can about him. I love him the more than anyone else on this world, and uh, I can help make that a good decision for him. Uh, now he's the the kid still has to accept it. Like he doesn't. You're not. It's like a, not a binding contract, but like the dad, the mom, and the dad bring the gals and say this one is suitable if you choose. You know, like you're not forced to con- contractually marry them, but like. Here's here's an option for you, and you can take it or leave it. Uh, that seems pretty handy, doesn't it? Yeah, like I'm I just kind of hanging out at your place, and people are bringing ladies by, and it's like this one work. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, it would really see that the thing. It sounds great in uh, in, in in you know if you have a father that's a not a a total square, <laughs> and b uh, one that loves Jesus and loves you, you know. But as soon as you get any type of a non-trusting relationship, then that whole thing's out the window. That's why arranged marriages went out the the, the door to begin with, because mom and dads uh, were picking things that would financially benefit them. You know what I'm saying? Like they took their job as a parent lightly and they screwed the kid. Right. And they're like, oh, forget it, I'm out. You know, I wouldn't trust my mom and dad to pick my wife for nothing. <laughs> no. no, the the dowry for the the one with the big nose and the giant mole is twice as much because the father's trying to get river. Of course, you know, they're also thinking longer term than I can make a few bucks off of this, get a couple extra cows and goats. I mean, they're looking at this is this is our heritage. I think they put probably more thought into it. They didn't put that much thought in it. Uh, who was it? Was it uh, Isaac? Who said, hey, Dad, go go get me a go get me a well. Uh, whoever draws water first out of the well, you know, I mean. <laughs> they I just need so now hold on. Now, now you're, you're blending two things of the story together. Yeah. Abraham was getting a wife for Isaac said, I don't want you picking people from Egypt because they were living in Egypt right, at the right. time. He says, go back to my homeland and find it. Right. It was the servant's idea. He prayed to God and said, I want to make sure that this is your will. So the first person that's here that offers to go all, all, to water my camels as well, then that's the person that, that, that I want. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. So that, that shows intentionality on Abraham's part to say, I want this type of folk and, uh, and so prayerful guidance heart. on the servant's heart yeah. uh, to say, who will help me? Yeah. What was Samson, though? His His... It's like go, just go find me somebody, you know. Okay, that sounds like Samson though. Like that's his. <laughs> Samson character. had a it sound like Samson. That's how it behaves. <laughs> they might have killed people this, all day. This is before Give me some thirst, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> man, what a jerk! Seriously. Okay, one more. Here we go. Dear life from the path. A great man once said, "A life without love is no life at all." So many people find love in so many ways, either through arranged marriages, score, or at social events. Not as likely. <laughs> <laughs> my, my dad chose a wife or I went to a ball game. <laughs> One or the other. School or college. I've always been a hopeless romantic, but since the end of my eight-year relationship, my heart no longer feels the same. I feel as though love will never find me. I know people say when it happens, you will know. But my question is, how do you really know? <laughs> and when that time does ever come, how do you prepare your heart for love after a tragic loss? Can I just completely take myself out of this one? Because I had, gentlemen, I have absolutely no. Idea. Sing the song, Crooner. Come on, move. No, <laughs> you're hard out on the stage. I, I will never be able. I have no clue. I really don't. I How mean, do you know? I'm a complete and total idiot when it comes to this stuff. I'm a, I'm a self-proclaimed idiot when it comes to relationships. You put on the 80s tunes and you go, Is this love that I'm feeling? Is this love? Who is that? White snake. <laughs> I am not basing my relationship and possible future marriage off of a white snake. Hey, song. that guy has had like 800 ladies. He knows that's not, exactly, that's not what I'm looking for. It's, he's like taking wisdom from Solomon. <laughs> that's exactly. He knows love. <laughs> he knows love. Here's what I can tell you. The question is about him not knowing different. if it's love or not, first off. Uh, so, uh, I, okay, I, here's what I'll say. I don't know how to handle questions where you say, how do you prepare your heart for love after some some kind of... Whatever. 
Like, I, 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 I honestly don't know how to answer that question because, like, I, I've only dated one woman and I, and I married her. And so I, I don't even have any experience on having broken up with a lady yeah, and met anybody else. So Dan, I, Dan, you're, Dan you're, only, you're it. You're the only one you're, with, with anything to say here. Okay, here's the deal. The funny thing about this is I have no idea. I did. I wasn't even listening. You said something and I drifted off. And then you ended it. I thought, Dan's oh. Like, I, so yeah. <laughs> I was trying to fake it here. He comes back. I honestly wasn't thing. listening. <laughs> I drifted. Okay. Oh, okay. This is, this is legitimate. Okay, we're gonna get secular's advice. Because I bet you I have some good advice. I I bet so, Dan. I think I think secular might have to take this one. Uh, 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 Wait, wait, hold on a second. You can't leave it to the world. You can't say uh, people got legitimate problems. There's no biblical direction. Give me the gist again, because I won't drift this time. Okay, uh, okay, I'm I'm gonna read it once too. Here we go. Uh, We'll skip the great man. Uh, I've always been a hopeless romantic, but since the end of my eight year relationship, my heart no longer feels the same. I feel as though love will never find me. I know people say when it happens, you will know, but my question is, how do you really know? And when that time does ever come, how do you prepare your heart for love after a tragic loss? Okay. It doesn't say she's married, though, or he. It doesn't even say he she, or she. She was. she was. She's married. Oh, it says eight-year relationship. doesn't say marriage. Because here's the deal. She does not understand what love is. She's basing it off an emotion, off of a feeling, and it has nothing to do with it. Love is a commitment. I want to know what love is. It's a commitment, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with emotion. And she's basing that. That's where so many marriages All go wrong. All I can wrong. do is think of tunes of what you're saying. Dude. And so many relationships go wrong. It was the greatest reaction that could have possibly happened. And I'm so excited that so that wait, it's, it's, it's a misunderstanding of what it is in general. Exactly. She's looking for warm fuzzies. And warm fuzzies with anybody only last so long. And when those wear out... If that's all you've got, your relationship's over. Yeah, it's like a pair of footy pajamas. You know what I'm saying? You get them, they're warm, they feel great. Uh, ten years from now, when your belly's popping out the zipper, it ain't the greatest. You or, shouldn't have put your stock in footy pajamas. Isn't there some song about love being a drug or something? It's like a drug. You take the drug, and when the high is over, it's done. The same thing with a relationship. When the high is over, it's done. Yeah, here's the deal. Uh, like uh, This is going to be Dan, Dan Hudson style advice. But, bad, uh, bad foundation. Uh, yeah, but get yourself a foundation in the Bible. Find out what Jesus got for you. Turn your sin over to Christ and let him say, say look, what do you want me to do with my life? Yeah, you want to send me somebody answer. great? I'm ready. You don't want to send me anybody? I don't care. Uh, to dice game. <laughs> I'm, I'm, ready to, I'm ready for love. Tighten up on your job, homie. I'm out. <laughs> What's that's the way to bring it all around? Yeah. Wait, oh, what was the secular advice? Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, secular says, John Buva, you never will have love. It's time to give up. That's oh, fair. That's yeah. fair. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> It was very specific to me. Yeah, it's odd that she's been so uptight. She says, I'm sorry for your loss and heartache, but unless your lover was wrenched from you by death, you should do what people of both sexes must do when romance ends. Ask yourself why and what you have learned from it. The failure of a romance doesn't mean that love will never happen again. You will know you have found love when you meet someone who makes you feel strong instead of dependent, who appreciates you for the person you are and isn't threatened by your successes, who supports you when you're down, takes pride in your accomplishments, and will hug you even after a difficult day. And it shouldn't take preparation, just a willingness to risk putting yourself out there and a little good luck. I think that was it for the best. <laughs> I wanna know what love is. I want you to show me. I wanna feel what love is. <laughs> This is the end of the 
live bonus content. You've been listening to Live from the Path on LiveFromThePath.org. Don't forget the KTIA broadcast has moved to 7 o'clock on Saturdays. Woo! That's, uh, that's downtown. Prime email, time. Email me for a free hat, all right? Info at LiveFromThePath.org. I listen to the podcast. I want a free hat. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to <laughs> Live from the Path. <laughs>